Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Everybody, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by ProTaper. I'm Don Maeda, joined in-house by Alex Ray, Chase Curtis, with our pal Michael Antonovich on the phone. And uh, it's the Monday after, Jesus Christ. Arlington. 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 I always think Dallas. Did, did you, you watch know? the race? I did. Oh, okay. But I always think <laughs> Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But, uh, the, the, the giant TV stadium. Yeah, AT&T. Yeah. So uh, Michael was there. A-Ray was there vlogging for sml yeah dude it was fun the life on two wheels vlog it was nice to hand it off yeah dark side actually uh we're at we're at press day on friday and dark side's like dude this is the life off two wheels podcast for you yeah you know since, I, since i'm hurt right now but uh dude it was a lot of fun um it was it was different right like i went there i, I did something a little bit different I, and i've haven't been to many races as a fan i've usually every time i've gone it's been you know to race so um i liked waking up saturday morning with zero stress mm. like i mean i wasn't stressed like i had no anxiety i was just like all right like let's just go have a good day and it was a different it, it was different right like yes i wanted to be out there um but I didn't really, uh, but like I wasn't pissed off sitting in the stands watching the race, which was, which is a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah. You text, he texts me. I love being here. I'm all, what do you mean? Like as a fan? And he goes, yeah. So I don't yeah, know. I guess, was, I guess maybe you have years in the future of that. I mean, I, I hope so. I don't really know how it happened, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be fun. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, it was great to hand off the vlog camera because it was just pouring rain snowing in parts of southern california so you probably didn't do much this weekend what did yeah, you do and i was sick dude. oh okay yeah the so, two wheels vlog is probably going to be pretty good this week yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah so last week i was so sick that i didn't put out last week so it's going up today nice but we'll put out yours probably wednesday thursday okay dial. this should be good but uh anton how was the race it uh it was easy to follow you did a great job again this weekend oh yeah thank you it was a lot of fun um fast weekend again like those triple crowns are hectic you know even as uh as little time as you already have in between everything like then throw in the afternoon lcq and then to run out and catch that and yeah there's a lot going on but it was it was a good weekend it was funny to see a ray even on like friday just like rolling around and, and catching what was going on to um yeah not have him riding i was like all right that's cool but then i never saw alex again after friday yeah i was dude i was everywhere uh, but <laughs> but at the same time i was so cold on saturday that Dude, I, it was freezing. I hung out at the pro circuit rig for like four hours <laughs> with uh with the with the truck driver because he had like one of those like uh space heaters oh dude <laughs> yeah it was it was so warm under there so i stayed there i hung out at my team a lot um i was just running around man it was it was it was a lot of fun nice yeah dude even in the afternoon like after practice between that and the night show i had to like talk myself up to go outside because of how cold i thought it was going to be because they had the roof cracked uh, at the stadium and then the tunnel that everybody rides in coming off the street in the staging, they just left the door open all day. 
So it was just this like perfect cyclone of wind and it was freezing cold on the floor. Dude, um, I, I sing in the I, stadium I, until the night show was right there with you in practice. Like I'm like, dude, it's colder in the stadium than it is outside at one point because they had the, the window crack like you, or the top crack, like you said. And like I was in, I was trying to watch practice, but I was shivering. It was so cold in there, man. I'm like, someone turn on the heat. <laughs> hey, you know how guys, uh, teams will put tire warmers on and fork suspension warmers on. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been on a team that used those? And can you really tell? Does it make a difference? Uh, yes, I have. I think I have been on a team. I forgot where we did it either. Somewhere, I think, with Yamaha. Um, but, I mean, no, not really. But I did see some this weekend, for sure. Yeah, like, there was definitely some this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see the, I mean, I don't know. The tires, they get cold and they get hard, right? Mm-hmm. But still, I know road racing, that all matters yeah, quite yeah, a bit, right? That, yeah, that matters. But uh, what do you think would be more effective, the fork warmers or the tire warmers? Because, I mean. I would say the fork, yeah, to be like honest. Because oil gets thicker when yeah, it's cold, right? Yeah, I would say the fork. Hmm. I don't know. Were there a lot of that thing uh, type of things going on, Michael? There was a lot of tire warmers, but the fork warmer thing. Now that everybody's away from the air fork, or have like kind of really got like the split fork, if you are running one, um, they don't seem to be as prevalent. There's a lot of space heaters in the pits, like everybody trying to keep their bikes like as warm as possible the mm-hmm. whole time, even through the afternoon. And then I've noticed more people warming their bikes up earlier before the gates drop. Now, like trying to build engine heat and moving them around and stuff like that more and more. So I think everyone of like, Hey man, if it is cold like this, just keep them running. And then once they get into the nitro of the triple crown, they stay warm. You know, it's only really 15 minutes in between everything where everything was cooling down, but they would definitely have needed it this weekend. Just that importance of keeping the bike nice and like active the whole time, because it was cold, dude, it was in the forties for sure. And to go from the stadium where it was warm and then right outside had to be a big shock. Mm. Hey, so Chase, I thought it was an easy race to watch. Triple crowns are easy, right? Because yeah. it's like everything in the broadcast is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you don't want to watch this or that. No, totally. Even race day live, for whatever reason, I think um, <clears throat> them not showing the first 250 practice to do Tomac's announcement kind of, in a way, sped things up, right? There was less gaps, and I, I almost kind of liked it more. But yeah, with the LCQs and race day live and all that, it's just the format seems a lot more uh, just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So Tomac's uh, announcement, it came out on a press release. I think it was like 11 a.m. Yeah. But was it announced in person at the race, Anton? No. Um, them making it part of Race Day Live was like the big announcement. I think that was more like, hey, this is, we got Eli. Like the champion's back as we try to promote the TV series. So I think that Yamaha did a lot of stuff in coordination with NBC and Feld and everything like that to make that happen. Um, because even on Friday, I had kind of heard some rumblings about that, that it was happening. And then I went to go talk to the team about it, and uh, it just didn't work out to get an interview on that. They were like, yo, we cannot do anything. It's all got to be held until tomorrow. So, yeah, it was pretty quiet until the news came out through that interview. Hmm. Eli sure looked happy. Yeah, he did. I don't think this is the end. I mean, I don't yeah. think this is like the farewell summer tour. I, I'm kind of starting to think he races next year one more time. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. But, you know, I'll be honest, though. There was a part of me that thought, like, World Supercross would pay him to do 
those six races this year. Like mm-hmm. if he wasn't going to do the super motocross thing, like do outdoors, but then get those six races done because of the schedule change and how everything happened. And that would be a big get for them. You know, that'd be a big deal. And he could go see all these places and get a lot of money. Um, I had a small thought that think that thought it was going to go that way. But then again, everybody within monster in the United States and Yamaha, they really, really wanted Eli to come back and defend that championship. Hmm. So uh, we talked about a little bit before the cameras were rolling. The info was leaked a little early or something. Yeah, it accidentally got hit on the staging website on like Yamaha's uh, media or race team site. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of how the news got over to me. Um, The Vital guys saw it and they're like, hey, did you get the email yet? And I was expecting another email about something else. And I was like, oh, is that what that was? I was like, I didn't get anything yet. And then Michael Lindsay's like, oh, no, the the Eli news. And I was like, no. And he's like, Oh yeah, he's staying like, he's going to do the summer. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's cool. Okay. That makes sense. And then that's when I asked Coker, like, yo, can I do an interview about this? If you guys are going to do it, like this just came out, but I didn't get an email yet, but he was busy. I think getting ready to start putting out that fire before it got too out of here. So was it on, was it on the message board? No, I, I think like it all just happened within there and I might've accidentally had a part to play in that now that I think about it, because I don't know if Lindsay had talked to Coker yet because Lindsay then walked out of the Yamaha pit. And then I talked to one of the guys on the star team. I'm like, Hey, is Coker inside? Like, could you ask him if I can interview him about this Eli deal? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what kind of set the chain of motion off. Oh, mm. now that I think about it. <laughs> Either way though, I'm, I'm super stoked to hear that Eli Stan, uh, would have been kind of an empty summer. I mean, I granted, whoever's going to win is going to win, right? Yeah. But if you win, people are going to say, oh, well, Eli wasn't there. I think it changes a lot. Like even I just I, nations, like <clears throat> I just can't believe that maybe he goes back to that type of pressure, right? Like right? it was a very, very pressureful like field summer last year for mm-hmm. him you know, between him and Chase, like it was all the way down to the wire, um, you know, and then you bring Jet into, you know, the 450 class a little bit, um, another year of Jason being on the Cali 450. Hopefully Dylan's healthy. Yeah, hope with Dylan it. healthy, um, you know, I just, yeah, I, if I'm Eli, I just kind of count my chips and just, yeah. you know, go on about it, but it just seems like he is actually having some fun yeah. doing this with this new bike, so, I mean, that's cool. It's interesting because, like, Aside from Amart, it's hard to think of someone that's gone out and said, "Hey, I'm retiring. This is my. This is when I'm done," and they don't come back to racing. Like we got Blows back, we got all these guys guys saying, "Like, yeah, we're done after this point," and then they're they're back at it. <laughs> yeah, backing up a little bit. Did you just invent a word? Yeah, I don't know. Pressureful. Pressureful. <laughs> is that like comfortability? <laughs> I don't know what pressure. I meant like pressure field. I don't know. Pressure filled. Yeah. It's, yeah. I had a brain fart there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, race results. Triple crowns have been wild this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, web, just, dude, I'm, I'm back on the train, man. I, I'm wearing the hat. I'm the back web on wagon. the train. I'm on, I'm on the web wagon, dude. But like, it's weird. If you look at the results, right? Just on numbers, Tomac just goes boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like worse, worse, worse. But like, uh, I don't know. I think if he won that last race, he would have won, right? Yeah. The yeah. Overall? Yeah. Yep. Now, Webb wasn't the best guy. 
he wasn't the fastest, but I like I personally think that the way he dissects the track, the way he's I don't know, I think he just has so much track awareness. I think he has I don't know, like a lot of grit, you know what I mean? But he when the track breaks down, he gets better. Mm-hmm. And he Dude, he just claws his way back. And, like, if you give him, like, an inch, it's like he takes a mile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and he's not he's not making those mistakes. He's not. No, because he was, he was, I mean, I'll say it. He was pretty bad in the whoops all day. Um, you know, he was, he made a lot of mistakes in the main event on that Dragon's Back section. Mm-hmm. He just, like, if the first two main events, he just could not figure it out, it seemed like. He rolled that section, like, three times. Um like rolled, didn't jump onto the table. No, yeah, exactly. He didn't jump onto the table. Oh wow! Yeah, he went. He like rolled the the dragons back, and then went table over single, and then tripled it out. And then one time he went table, or he jumped on the table, cased it, rolled down, and went double double. Like it was, it was a little bit tough to watch, but like, yeah, that last main event, it's like he got it figured out. Um, he had his lines figured out. You know, it took him a little bit longer. And then his he was able to jumping jump. was fast. He was able yeah. to start jumping through the whoops, and I think that that helped him a lot. Um, I mean, he can go to the he can go through the whoops, right? But the way the dirt was, it's like every time your rear wheel hit the rut or like hit the whoop, it made a rut, mm-hmm. and there was like I don't know, it was just square edged and notchy all the way across the track. I mean, the whoops weren't that big. Even Benny Bloss, he's like, dude, the track's easy. The whoops aren't big. Like he was saying this stuff in practice, but I'm like. It's gonna be different for the night yeah. show. Hey, did they did they make the whoops smaller after they did. press? They did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Was, was that because of the futures? They said that. On yeah, the they they said a little bit of it was because of the futures, but they were loader whoops and they were steep and big on Friday. Whenever we were walking um, the track, and I mean, yes, like we raced at the top of the sport, the amateur kids, like maybe they need to see, like, hey, how this supercross it's gnarly, you know. But at the same time, like you want to be safe for the riders. And, dude, even with the whoops being cut down, how many crashes did we see in the whoops? Yeah. I mean, dude, guys were getting carted off each race, breaking their legs. Race, race leaders. Yeah, and jumping the freaking berm into the monster bomb yeah, thing. Yeah, Marsha took himself out. Yeah. the whoops. Yeah, there was a couple of guys like uh, Luke Neese, um, that Harriman kid, I think he he jumped the berm Munoz. into the next lane. Munoz. Uh, Is Munoz the guy that got killed? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. dude. By Hicks. Yeah. yeah, I lost some money on him this week on my moto bookie. <laughs> I don't Dude, know, what that do you guy, think, what was gnarlier, the way he got smashed in the whoops, or remember when Vince Freezy fell, yes. and Joe took his head out? Yeah, floor? that was pretty yeah. gnarly, too. I can't believe Munoz got up and lined up for the second main, though. Mm, <laughs> that yeah. was brutal. Anton, in the, uh, in the post-race stuff, I haven't really seen much. Has, have a lot of people talked maybe about um, the track at all and how it sort of formed? Oh, yeah, that it was just brutal. And I mean, Ray, to your point, um, back to the Cooper thing, because this is something like you're right that it took Cooper a long time to figure out that that dragon's back. Mm-hmm. Then in that third one, when he was just hopping, just hopping everything, that whole section from when they crossed over the start straight away until they did the dragon's back and then through the whoops. I would love to just know how little his bike is actually like on the ground and just the little bit of suspension movement they have because they have the telemetry stuff on the suspension. Mm-hmm. His riding style is completely different than everybody else's is there. And like to your point, he starts finding that stuff that's going to work late in the race. Um, when he was making that pass on Chase and setting that stuff up over that wall before they did the tunnel jump, very rarely all day did he sky it off of that and then land on that little speed check single. He just kept rolling the inside and rolling the inside. And then when it was time to make the pass on Chase and make the most of the situation, 
goes outside and blasts it and then takes off and immediately puts that gap on. So like Cooper's awareness of moving and what to do and what not to do as those lines are happening is it's unreal. Mm. Um, and there were like sections of that track that definitely played into his favor as it just got worse and worse because everybody said like, it's that Dallas dirt where you think it looks super lush and it's got a lot of traction and there's some spots that do, especially that turn before the finish line. But then there's other areas where it breaks in so much. Like I walked the track at the end of the night and because everybody pretty much followed the main line, you could see where the main lines in the rhythm lanes were beat in like six or eight inches more than the other side. And everybody was just like, yeah, you have to keep following that because you don't know how hard it's going to be at the other place until everybody just starts gradually moving over. And then just all the hard on-offs, uh, the slippery dirt that was there, especially in those flat sections after the tunnel where it just, you know, everybody's kind of like trail breaking. Yeah, it was a it was a difficult track for all of that stuff. Dude, how about that rut in the right-hander? Oh, my God. Going up the jump, the double before the over the bridge? Yeah. <laughs> the Dude, thing was, was crazy. Like yeah, no, it's, Did you it's see crazy. the picture of uh, the Tom Jordan, rut on the... Yeah. Dragon's back though, yeah. So I want I wanted Dude. to talk I wanted to talk about that line, uh, the inside uh, on the Dragon's back. So this is whenever I talk about Cooper's track awareness. Right. I was watching practice. This was I don't know if it was free practice or first time practice. Cooper was the first one and only one out of all of the practices to start working that inside line because he knew that that was going to be like a passing point. He knew that that was the way the track was going to go. It was going to break down. He was the only guy to double that thing to the inside and start going like roll jump and then jump onto the tabletop. Mm -hmm. And uh, like if you look at the track, I mean, I was there. I, I, I walked up in the stands and, and sort of looked at it like from the top. And the track had like no areas to pass really, you know, and, and like you definitely had to be creative. And I think that Cooper is one of the best guys at that, like Cooper and Eli. I think that's a little bit of... Um, I would say I guess that's a little bit of Chase's issue right now mm -hmm. is the getting reason he's getting beat, it's not because he's not the fastest guy. Right. Yes, he's 100% the fastest guy on Saturday night for sure. But what's holding him back is that Cooper and Eli are so smart and know exactly how the track is going to form so early in the day. That's that's my opinion. Mm. Yeah, Sexton's uh, crashing that mm -hmm. right-hand turn. The inside, yeah. There was like not enough there to hold him for what he was yeah. trying to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what they were talking about on the broadcast. But and 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 I'll say this too, like the the track crew, they were prepping the track all night, mm -hmm. all night, because I mean they just knew how how the track was getting. And then you seen that last main, two fifty and four fifty, how slick the track got. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? I mean, yeah. dude, Moseman, he was like whoop on ice mm -hmm. <laughs> when he fell on the bridge. Yeah, dude, that was another clobber moment. Yeah, right? he he. Did a whole quagmire there. Mm. So, hey, Ray, did uh, go ahead. Sorry, Don. So, when they would land off the triple that was in the end zone, and then there was that double in the middle of the corner that mm. kind of on Friday, a lot of guys were still trying to figure that thing out during press day. But then by Saturday, like you had to do that because, like, if you weren't going to be able to make that line and just follow that, you were going to get passed everywhere there. Um, to see how that formed, how how much they had to get coasting through on the landing of the of this triple setting up and then the little pocket that developed and when they would have to gas it again there was never this point where like the bike was settled you were still in the motion of the suspension the whole way and then to kick off and then all the rut set are there the turn before the triple 
had maybe four different ruts into it, but because you hit it so awkwardly, like everybody would tuck a wheel or they would brake check or dab a toe. So then when they would hit the triple, they were still trying to rebuild all that momentum. Mm-hmm. So it was just all this crazy stuff that was making it to where you had to like maintain this flow. And as soon as you made a mistake and got offline, there was something right there to make that happen. And that was the only way you were going to make those passes. Uh, Cause like Ray said, there wasn't a lot of passing points to it. You just had to wait for somebody to screw up. Yeah. Did you guys catch Eli's? They thought on the broadcast that he made a mistake, but that first main, he was doing a different line after the triple. Mm-hmm. He was doubling over the start. Yeah. So they were working big. that. They were working that a little bit at press day. Um, you, cause some guys, they were just, they weren't, able to do that big double all yeah. the way across the start straight. So they were just doing like single or like double on the inside and then roll triple quad double. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's the way the line was going to form or like mm-hmm. an alternate line. Because if you look at the track, there's a lot of jumping onto a tabletop and there's a lot of abrupt landings. I'm like, dude, you're going to have to save your bike for all three races. Did you guys remember a couple of years ago whenever they had that big single, um, everybody was like breaking wheels, breaking wheels, yeah. breaking wheels. And then like this weekend, like, Threeing onto that tabletop and that abrupt landing all night, like it's just hard on the bike, right? I mean, not everybody has awesome strong W wheels like A Ray does, but it's just like I don't know. Like I, I just thought that that pocket, whenever those guys were jumping over the big, um, mm-hmm. big lip, that pocket was just gonna get super worn in and just have like a gnarly hole in it, and it would make tr- threeing onto that tabletop super sketchy, like it did at press day. But uh, the track crew, they kept working that in all night, um, so it wasn't super bad. So that w- the throwing onto the tabletop ended up being the main yeah. line, and you only seen a few people go roll three, four. Um, but that, that line that Eli did, though, it almost looked slower because of the air time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um, a little bit like at the beginning of the race. I think maybe at the end, it might have formed in <laughs> a little bit better with so many people throwing onto the tabletop and making that side lower. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just it just never formed out that way. I guess that you know that's the, that's the thing with dartfish. I mean, yeah, like yeah. The, the big rhythm is cool, right? But it's not really any faster. Mm-hmm. It, when you guys use dartfish, is it like always like oh, it's faster? I'm gonna do it that way, or do you take into consideration I can make this ten out of ten or six? Yeah, out of 10. you you, you kind of. I mean, me. Personally, it's like I'm going to do what I know I can do all night with zero mistakes, right? Like, which I still make mistakes, but still, like, you want to do something that you know you can do um, consistent. But, like, maybe a guy like Cooper or Sexton, you know, the better guy can take that risk and do it, you know, pretty consistent. Um, But the thing about Dartfish, you can see how they hit the corner, like, what angle they're hitting the corner, um, you know, like every single tenth. Like, hey, I lost a tenth here, but that's because he was lower over the jump than I was. Like, I got more airtime, or like maybe he overjumped it and landed it in the pocket a little bit more, and that gave him more momentum. Um, you know, and then angles of the corners, like it's a big deal. Like, if you're landing like square, you have your body like or your bike straight versus like maybe at a little bit of an angle whenever you land in the berm, that could tell like a huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. So, every single little thing, or like even the whoops, right? Like, like carrying your front wheel to the third whoop, more um, entry speed, or just every little thing with like this dartfish, like you're able to tell, you know, like you have like the guys, you know, a part of the team who's up there filming the whole time, and then they bring all that info back. So, mm-hmm. hey, so when the track is this slick, 
like Anton, do you know what tires guys were running this weekend? Was it different than a traditional track? No. So I've, I've been talking to the Dunlop guys quite a bit this year. And once guys get on something like that's just all they want to stay on, there might be like a little bit of a fluctuation in a PSI. It might, you know, raise or go down uh, half a pound or so, but for the most part, everybody's staying on that same thing the whole way through. Um, mm. They've te- like we. I had a really good conversation back at Oakland with Anthony, one of the guys over there. And even when a rider like starts to question it, they've already tested something with him in the past and kind of can set them like, "Yo, dude, this is what you did, and this is what you didn't like about that tire. So this is why you're on this one right now." Mm-hmm. Um, like Eli's the only one that's really on an anomaly tire compared to everybody else. He's got like a little bit different tread pattern and size, but for the most part, everybody's on the same thing from here out. Yeah, like same with me. Like I'm. I make my mind up like preseason what Max's tire I want to run. And then um, just depending on the track, uh, I'll just I'll just mess with uh, like the tire pressure, like mm-hmm. Anton said a little bit. The only exception I might make. Um, Daytona? No. Um, Denver. Mm. Really? I might run a little bit more harder packed tire just because of what we know from last year of how hard packed it actually was. Aren't you already running a new hard pack tire? Yes. So you would run that at Denver? Yeah, I would probably run that at Denver just because like, I know how well it works. Um, mm-hmm. I've been running it out here like in California. Um, it's just a little bit more durable uh, for, for the tracks that I'm on. And then, and then too, like, how it works, it works really well. So I was, mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked on the new tires from Maxxis. Okay, back to the racing. Kenny, dude, he was on fire, I think. That first race, right? Yeah, he was. Um, and I, and I, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think Anton that like maybe he's setting his bike up maybe for like a fresher track because like it seemed like he got a little bit worse as the night went on as the track got a little bit gnarlier. Well, I mean that that that's just an opinion. I was just sort of asking your your sort of side of it. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I think that that's, it's probably all a learning lesson, especially as the track just gets that beat in. Um, but I'll say this, like even watching on Friday, cause he was part of press day, he never looked like clean. It never looked like razor precise Ken the whole weekend. Like there was a lot of times in that corner before the triple that I saw him like dab a toe or check the rear brake or something like that. And it just didn't look like the smooth flow Ken of everything. Mm-hmm. And then when he timed as well as he did in, the qualifying stuff, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, and then to see how good he was in that first heat, because he was right on Eli. You know, Eli didn't yeah. break away from everyone the way that it looked like he could have. And even with a mistake that Ken made, he got right there in it. But then as the night went on, um, just really wasn't a part of it. And this is the point, you know, we got to last year when we got to Daytona that he was done after this. Like, that, that was it. So I think he's in a much better place now uh, than everything is going. But then still there's a lot of work happening to the bike. Like he came in, made some suspension, you know, clicker changes during free practice and all of that the whole weekend. Um, so I think they're still learning and that's the expectation of everything that there's no panic that it's not going great right now. It's not like a terrible problem. They just know there's the teething lessons that they have to go through. Okay. So he went to uh, factory connection suspension for a couple rounds. It was just one round, but then now he's back with, Show in house? No, he's with uh, he's with Showa, but he's with a guy out of Florida, Chisholm's suspension guy. Who's, oh, so it's another shop. Yeah, but it's the guy he did last week. 
Okay. Yeah. But any other big changes to his bike? Like Sewell's is pretty yeah. upfront. If you hey, what happened this week, he'll tell you. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I I personally like I. I went over there. I, I sort of. I, I mean, I've seen the bike, yes, but I didn't see anything different um, from the previous round. No. They're running stock yeah. clamps, right? Not like pro circuits or anything. No, yeah, it's stock. Yeah, stock okay. clamp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ken's kit. But you know, Ken's kit. Good, bad. That was sick. I liked it. But it's customs. Was it fluorescent yellow? No, I think it was just like Suzuki yellow. Like okay, on yellow, TV yellow. it looked like Swap Florida. More Live yellow. Yeah. Oh, that's why Swap liked it because it was fluorescent yellow. Man. <laughs> no, it looked good. It matched the bike. Everything looks sick. Anything that looks like a freaking caution sign, you look it. <laughs> um. Okay. What else? So, Chase fell. Mm-hmm. Cooper wins. Eli. Barsha but, looked good. He just made a mistake, but he looked pretty good. Yeah, he was good. He was good all weekend. Um, so uh, I guess there was some news, I, I guess, Friday, Saturday about um, Adam Cincerello. I guess he's still mm. having some issues with his wrist. Uh, that's that's a bummer, man. So it's not a n- crash? No, no I don't think it's I don't think it's a new injury. I just think it's it's something. Um, aggravated is what yeah, they said. Yeah, something aggravated, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully they get that figured out. Hopefully it's better because you know the races are better whenever AC's there. Mm-hmm. And then Joey jammed his wrist too, or something. Yeah, I didn't see what happened there. If it was, uh, if it was a case, if it was an OJ or if someone cleaned him out. Um, he was in a, he was over there by the whoops. Anton, did you see any of that? No, I no. didn't know that he wasn't. Why like, I didn't know that anything had happened until the second race when the gate was empty and mm-hmm. he wasn't down there. Uh, which is a bummer because Joey was in opening ceremonies and everything like that. Yeah. And he even got a better parking knows, spot this weekend. <laughs> yeah, he was right by Callie in the PC truck. Oh. But, you know, as everybody knows, like if Adam's not going to do it, Joey would be the most logical villain with yeah. all of that. But then with the Adam thing, they said that he's got to get more checks done this week. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be like a quick fix. It sounds like he could be, you know, at least one or two more races, if if not longer. Wow, that's, that's a bummer. Poor Joey too. I mean, yeah, dude. I feel like Joey's hit hit the deck quite a few times this year so far, even in qualifying yeah. and stuff. Like Oakland, Oakland, Oakland was tough ones. for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oakland was tough for him. He turned it around, but yeah, he hit the ground a couple times at Oakland. Yeah, yeah so on the broadcast they showed him walking into the rig, mm-hmm. and he was like this. So mm-hmm. I would think wrist. I think so. But he didn't come back for the second and third, so it's more than just a jam. Yeah, hopeless not. But he said it was just like sprained that they have to do a little bit more stuff but it wasn't as bad as he thought it would be he said that on twitter sunday morning mm-hmm. but then you know joey's had a history of wrist issues just like adam has like even though it's not a brand new injury both of those guys spent so much of their 250 careers in all sport dynamics wrist braces because mm-hmm. of how many times they did something to them so it's not like it it's going to get any better with age no. so if there's an extended absence for cincerilla and does cowie bring a Someone in the fill, like with Joey out. I mean, um, fantasy lands is um, tick, but I mean, yeah. But or do they just finish? He was burning laps last Tuesday, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but um, Tickle hasn't been on the bike as much as no. He was. Yeah, you could tell he's not been uh, riding much mm-hmm. lately. Yeah. yeah, but he was just doing. I think he was just kind of playing around with Anderson last week and doing some stuff with him, but. He's yeah, fast, but he's, he's he's a ways off still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if not Savachi, who? 
Yeah, know, that's a thing. At, 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 you know, everybody's sort of locked in. Um, I seen Marv there. Said hey to Marv. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's uh, he's healing up. He had his little wrist deal on. He decided not to have surgery on his scaphoid. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, uh, I was texting him. He said he hopes maybe he'll get a couple of the last few races. Hmm. But, uh, dude, that's kind of a sad way to go out. Like, if this was his retirement season, which he has not committed to. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not doing outdoors. And it's hard to think if, like, the rumors are Sexton's going to KTM next year, right? Cooper's doing so well, it'd be hard for them to leave Coop. AP's doing pretty good. Like, is there room for Marvin next year? Even yeah. Supercross only, you know? It sucks. Yeah. Dude, it's weird to think that we might have seen him like last laps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel sorry for Marvin in this instance, but I also feel sorry to Daddy Frank. Yeah. Oh, no, man. It's a bummer. Daddy Frank. O'Neill. Got Juju, though. They do have Juju. And they got <laughs> Cold Nichols. Okay. He's coming off of a. Uh... Well, Juju's probably like the same size orange gear. Yeah. yeah they just gave him Marvin stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> See iron on over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Colt Nichols, <coughs> he had a rough night. But what did you guys think of his kit in practice? The all white stuff, dude. Oh my gosh, it was so sick. I, I loved it. To me, it. I it, can't pull that. All off I saw because, was Big Air Todd. Because yeah, every time I see him, he wears that kit. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I mean, I I respect it because I can't really pull that kit off because it's all white. You know what I mean? Like I'm a little thicker, so look like the Michelin man. Yeah, I look like the Michelin man. So like, props <laughs> to him. Like he looked good in it. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, no kit. What did you think of it since you're Mr. Freaking Lick Hit Guy? It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here. This guy. Um, who had the coolest kit? Dude, Colt Nichols, duh. J Mart's kit? I don't. J Mart's kit was sick. I'm surprised. I like haven't seen that stuff yet, but the orange. You never like FXO. I know. I know. Mm. I like good. Jenny's. I liked the TLD stuff this weekend too. It was white. It was like a white blue fade, almost mm-hmm. like tie dye ish. It's like red accents. I don't know. It was cool. Mm. So you already <laughs> you already know Kenny's kids custom one off. I mean, I'm assuming because it was just it looked like their 360 graphic with just a different color. So mm. I'm assuming. I don't know. Okay. Who knows? Anything else to talk about in the 450 class? Um, what is it uh, like? Okay, what is it like for you, Ray, to watch this? Right. Cartwright has made like a bunch of mains. Wait, why did Harlan? Why did why was Benny shaving Harlan's head? Like, oh, yeah, well, I think they made a I think they made a bet something about like Har, I don't know. Harlan was like down and out on himself, and he's like Benny's like, dude, if you make the main tonight, like we're shaving your head or something. Well, because okay, and Harlan Harlan his his hairline is like just going back, right? Like he, he's he needs to just give it up anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and Benny's Benny's already lost all of his hair too. So uh it was just one of those things that they just had like a little friendly bet and then ended up freaking shaving Harlan's head like before the night show. Did Benny leave <laughs> it like Krusty the Clown for a little while? Cuz I I saw it where it was just the top was shaved and you know you had the oh, they just did the whole thing. They did I the think, whole thing. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, cuz when I shaved scrub daddy's head, I just did the top, the cul-de-sac. I just did the top so he looked like Bozo the Clown and then I was like, "Oh, it broke." I was like, the battery died. <laughs> so we left like that for like a half hour. Oh, man. That shit's still moving around at Glen Helen. 
Yeah, right. Blowing. <laughs> okay, so but back to my point is like you're watching and there's guys that you know you're faster than mm-hmm. and they're consistently in the mains and stuff, right? And so A, it's frustrating because you're not racing and you're seeing them in the main, but I mean, yeah, I mean I've only made one main event this year. I got two points on the board. It's it's kind of a bummer, right? But it's just part of racing, I guess. Um I mean it's Maybe uh, maybe their racecraft is a little bit better than mine. I mean, I I put myself in some shitty situations, I think. Um, but I mean, hell, I'm cool with it, you know. Who's been the surprise to you? Cartwright for sure. Out, yeah. out of those guys, I would say Cartwright. Um, Harlan, he's he's riding really good. He's riding better than he believes he is. Because um, at the practice track, I've, I've been yarded by Harlan. Like and he was riding really good last year at uh, at World Supercross as well, um, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I would say Cartwright. Um, he is he's probably like the standout dude this year. He's most improved, I would say. Um, he's always ever since he was like two years old, he's always been good at starts. Because I mean, yeah. he grew up right down the road from me in Memphis, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I seen the kid grow up. Right, I'm a little bit older than he is, um, but he he raced at my house like pretty much every weekend that we had a race, and uh, you know I've, he's always been a good starter, and I think that's part of his you know his success this year. Um, mm-hmm. it's, he's been up there up front whenever he needed to be, and and his sprint laps are good too. Like I mean, he's he's good at you know the lap qualifying stuff too. So I mean that that helps with the triple crown. Um, but I mean, hey. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it used to bother the absolute shit out of me. Like, I mean, I would, I was bad. Like I'd be pissed <laughs> off. And I, I mean, granted, I still get pissed off. I still do. It just, it, I don't let it ruin my day. You know what I mean? Michael, you were saying something? Um, Just kind of on like how all those guys are doing right now. Like the guys that are in a race position where they're just all interchangeable. <laughs> You could definitely tell that they were going for it on Saturday, not wanting to have to do the LCQ. Like, mm-hmm. the top 18 thing was so important. And then to watch Harlan and Cartwright bump set themselves Cade. into the night show, bump Cade, bump and Starling, Starling. Yeah. Rands and Chisholm, like, to do faster laps than guys that are making the main event when the track's at their worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it reinforces a race point that these guys are riding really, really well. And uh, as they've gotten <laughs> older and as they've gotten better, they're way more <laughs> under control. Like, there's not as many crazy, like, off-the-wall moments they they're getting really good about going out there and doing the laps. And then in like Benny's position, you know, we've all seen how fast Benny can be. And then mm-hmm. he had a rough start to the year with, you know, a crash just started off and then missing a race and all of that. But then, I mean, he's, he's eighth fastest in time qualifying on a really yeah. basic motorcycle and he's riding really well. And like, it's cool to see just the ups and the downs of everything and, and how many different guys are making names this year, because then, Unfortunately, a dude like Tristan Lane, who got a national number and made a couple last year, isn't making them. So did he get hurt? Yeah, he did. The bike, he said it must have hit a false neutral um, off the face of the triple, and then he ejects. It goes like nose first into the triple Ooh. landing, and then as Lane Shaw is riding away, it tags Lane Shaw. So mm. then Tristan's like wrist and his ankle are a little banged up, but the good thing is his wife is a nurse. So nice. they'll hopefully take care of that. Smart choice. But then smart choice for him for yes. sure. Um, are they still living yeah, in California right now? Now no, that the season's gone. Okay. 
So, and you like, know, it's been cool to meet those guys. Like him yeah. and Donald Davis, we put an interview up with Donald today, uh, the silverback racing thing. Cause I'd seen him around the pit area for years, just this like grizzled old dude with a flat top haircut. And I was like, that guy's like interesting. I'm sure he's pretty gnarly. And then you meet him and he's the nicest dude. The and nicest he's guy, just yeah. gotten, he's gotten to know Tristan through his kid racing back in the day until his kid hurt his Achilles tendon. And, uh, now he wants to take Tristan racing and it's, because he likes to go racing mm -hmm. and uh to see all these guys that are just trying really really hard right now it, it's that time of year where factory guys aren't making the mains because they're hurt and it's the chance for these guys to step up it's just kind of unfortunate that it's already so early in the season that we're missing so many factory guys mm -hmm. yeah. you know what um i think is interesting is this year and i'm sure it's happened in the past but it's more prominent to me because when you're putting your program together, you know, you're talking about racing at 22. Like there's so many guys in the main event riding 22s or 21s even, right? Because mm -hmm. you got the Hill brothers that are on the old generation KTMs. Harlan's on a 22 YZ450. Moran's. Moran's on a older KTM as well. Yeah. Is this yeah. the first time it's been that populated with older bikes or is it just i think it's just availability too like with yeah. new bikes like a lot of the like a lot of us i mean can't really get parts right and like say harlan gets a 23 right but i mean his 22 it's it's got more power he knows how the bike reacts he's mm -hmm. already got testing time on it it's easy to get plastic subframe mm -hmm. you know all all of these things for imagine if he was on a 23 23 when he did that damaged like two weeks ago yeah i mean oh, you'd be yeah, screwed you over. can't yeah it's over yeah. you can't get parts no yeah and and like me right now like i'm i i would like a little bit more power but there's no there's no aftermarket pistons yet like for my availability there's no ecus yet there's no there, there's not a lot of parts out there right now for for the new yamaha which which is a bummer but i mean i mean benny's getting it done on a on a 23 too so i mean you can't really make that many excuses mm. To that point, and I asked Moran's this uh, for the news break on Friday, if you were able to only get like a brand new factory edition bike, and you're going to learn this at the same time that Red Bull KTM and Rockstar Energy Husqvarna are learning the same bike, and you have zero access to some of the stuff that they have, and you have a problem like they had last year as far as like trying to figure out the handling issues of it, you're screwed. Like you, you literally have no resource to help with. And then you just added a massive challenge to yourself. So in talking to the Hill brothers through the last few weeks and Dakota Tedder, you know, they're on the previous generation frame of the KTM, but until last week, maybe two weeks ago, they didn't have the rigidity spar in the engine cradle. And Josh has told me, he's like, dude, I, the bike would just build up so much energy. And then all of a sudden it would just unleash it. And I just never knew what it would want to do. And until you get those parts that really help you figure that out, what do you do? You, you can't buy this brand new bike and then try to go out there and race it and then not know what, what's going to happen. So mm -hmm. that's a big thing right now. And I think like, Hey man, it's not that bad that more people are sticking to the older stuff because there are still some out there, you know, and there's a lot of part inventory that's still got to get burned through too. So it's, I mean, it's back in the day, to even hear from, from Morant of how he gets his bikes from Letco, the dealership in Minnesota. Like, it's not like he just gets free bikes. They still have to figure out how he's going to get them and all and trade them out. Hmm. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's take a break to hear from our sponsors. 
Did you know that in addition to being some of the coolest people on motocross, the crew at WUSA are the official importers of Talon, Kite, and Edge hubs, as well as the leading resource for DID and Excel rims. Through the years, we've tested plenty of aftermarket wheels, and the wheel building crew at WUSA can't be beat. WUSA is the source for all things associated with wheels, including sprockets, spoke wrenches, tire irons, and more. Mention Swap Moto Live when ordering anything from WUSA and get a nice little discount too. Check them out at WUSA.com. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at guiltlessfoodcode.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. G'day guys, this is nine times X Games gold medalist Jared McNeil. Off the motocross bike I spend plenty of time cross training on my intense mountain bike. From the super fast and efficient sniper cross country bike to the aggressive primer and tracer trail bikes or even the amazing taser e-bike. Every intense is designed and developed in the United States and built to the highest standards. A life on two wheels certainly includes pedals too, so give the crew at IntenseCycles.com a look. Everyone, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Um, one of our supporters is also Racetech, which is based in Corona, California. One of our neighbors owned by the great Paul Theed, one of my heroes. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, did you know that you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Racetech offers locally to you? with a tuner that you can drive to and likely see at your local racetracks. Racetech has a network of service centers around the globe who have the same access to the same parts and settings as Racetech's headquarters in Corona. Log on to racetech.com to find the closest Racetech center to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sick, Racetech. Heck I yeah. had this Racetech hoodie when I was in like junior high that my brother gave me. And believe it or not, I was white. I used to wear a white hoodie, being a little fat fuck. But uh, it had the Racetech logo on it, and down the sleeves and everything. It was so sick. I used to wear that thing every day until it was, like, cracked. The ink because it was a big silk screen. But, yeah. Do you remember, like, motocross clothes from when you were little? I also had a Spectra oil t-shirt. Mm. And it had this Spectra's logo. I don't know if it still is, but it was, like, kind of a rounded off square. And just a Spectra in the middle. But it was an iron on in the back of the shirt. It was so hot. Like yeah. on your back. Oh no. I used to have those and Ross would bring me t shirts from the supercrosses and stuff. My dad used to just always have like the the extreme shirts with all the chicks and oh. shit on there. Yeah. <laughs> he he has he still has every single one of them. 
like the extreme shirts yeah yeah i think my truck back. my truck and my bikes were on the back of an extreme shirt ones yeah. dale davis the owner yeah came out to me at the track and he shot a picture of my bike and turned into that my dad would just wear them like every day he's like dude this shirt's puss do you notice that they can never properly replicate a girl's face like her eyes so they always put the big sunglasses on them mm-hmm. i think that was a shortcoming of the artist or something <laughs> i don't know anyway uh 250 class arlington how long have uh so i heard some uh some stuff about nate thrasher here a couple weeks ago right um I usually they try to keep that stuff quiet yeah the acl yeah usually i mean if i mean granted i feel like it would come out eventually but the, if the guy is still racing they usually try to keep that stuff quiet um are we just in like like a I different mean, era like now of like people just like coming out about their injuries? Mm, like, is it a little bit better? I like, I like the whole just... secret thing is like, like I mean, okay, he says he has a blown out ACL, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so his competition knows that. It's not like, it's not like Hunter's gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna try to hit him in the knee, you know? Or is it? Maybe like, I don't know. I think it depends, dude. Like, I know mm-hmm. of a top, I know of a top guy that has an injury and still hasn't said anything this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it just. Each guy approaches that situation differently and thinks differently of their competition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Remember that year Michael Essie blew out his kneecap mm-hmm. and was racing and Josh Grant just... Yep. Boom. Yeah. See? Yeah. So maybe I spoke improperly. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're psyched that it's getting talked about. Uh, <laughs> I don't think his mechanic or his girlfriend's very happy about that. Uh, they were They were pretty concerned by the podium that that got out Saturday night. Uh, but then they were just kind of resigned to the fact once they figured out that the team is the people that told the TV uh, crew. <laughs> but then even on Friday, because I heard the same thing, A-Ray, and I was talking to him. I'm like, hey, dude, how you been? He's like, oh, good. I'm like, hey, I heard your knee's like not that great. And he's like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I was just like, okay. So that pretty much confirmed it. <coughs> and then even as you watch him ride a couple times, like after he'd come off the track, you could see where he was kind of favoring it. Yeah. And he's not exactly running around when he's off the bike. So it was getting a little bit more and more obvious. And then for them to just come out right with it like that, it's pretty impressive because they were trying not to say anything going into the weekend and after Tampa downplayed as much as possible, but yeah, and it's out like- there and it's not holding them back. And too, like with the ACL, with the way the track was and the way you had to ride it this past weekend, like, dude, it had to be so painful. Like with throwing oh, yeah. onto that table, like all the G outs, like throwing mm-hmm. onto that tabletop, um, that wall jump, he was going over the single, like right there in that. And I, and I think too, like a little bit of the, the whole cross jump thing had to, maybe was a little bit to do with that, right? Like, so he like, he singled it that lap, but he jumped kind of into the face a little too far and it might've just hit it. His bike might've hit a knuckle. You never know, but maybe his. You know, neat kind of gave out a bit. And yeah. He went right. I mean, yeah. he uh, might be not not putting as much weight on that. And leg. he looked like he was in a lot of pain whenever he was rolling off the track after the finish line. So, see, I can't tell. Like, I can't tell if he's in pain or just frustrated every time he gets off the track. I mean, this was after like second place. I mean, sure. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, who knows, man? It, it's it's tough to say, but I mean. I put him and um, and Hunter Lawrence as like the two favorites for the yeah. year in this ki- in this coast. Like um, very similar in speed. I just think that um, Thrasher's a lot more consistent than Jordan Smith. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think that Nate, he's right there with Hunter. I mean, granted, Hunter is like the best guy. I say Hunter has the most speed, right? But yeah. Thrasher's not far behind. And no. I feel like um, we have we have some good races coming up that, that suit Thrasher, right? I think Thrasher's good at Daytona. I think he's good at Atlanta. Um, he's always good at, for some reason, tracks that have a long set of big burly whoops. If you think about Salt Lake last year, um, the Atlanta rounds uh, this past weekend, um, a lot, it, I don't know. It, it just seems like he's good at tracks that have a long set of whoops at. Yeah. I asked him about why he's so good at the wide open stadium style tracks uh, for Newsbreak. And he said that's just what you grew up riding, that you're more used to the wide open. You can let the bike go a little bit more. It's not as contained as Supercross is. He's like, that's what you grow up riding. I think, like, as we get going, especially into Daytona this weekend, I mean, his outright speed is pretty impressive. They don't mm-hmm. maybe show it as much on TV, but when you are at the track and you do watch him link together a couple laps, good. he's ripping. You yeah. know, he, he really doesn't put a wheel wrong that often, and when he does, he's able to catch himself pretty quick. And, uh, yeah, there are times that it yeah. does have, like, big crashes still, but in the three years that he's been racing, his progression rate is very impressive. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this was his fourth... 250 Supercross win, right? Because he won two his rookie year, and then he won the shootout and saw like Yeah. So I think number four. But yeah, I think, uh, remember we were talking about at the opener, he was so devastated because he did poorly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's what's effectively held him back from points chase right now. Yeah, yeah. totally. He's like 11 down, I think. So, so yeah. when he crashed in the whoops, did you see how he like pulled back on the track, like right in front of Danger Boy? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see that. I didn't know. Yeah, so. so I mean, but I don't know. <laughs> like, if you crash in the whoops, when you think if you have a busted up knee, you thrash your knee. It seemed like he just got on and was great. I mean, it just depended on what he landed on, right? If he landed yeah. on his head, it ain't gonna hurt his knee any. <laughs> I don't know, but like you're flopping around, and if your knee's bad, nah, it's fine. Um, built different. And, and, and going and going back to those qualifying laps, Anton with like Thrasher. And you were talking about his like raw speed, but like how clean he is, right? And I feel like he has a lot more cleanliness whenever he's doing his sprint laps than say Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith, whenever he's on his fast lap, he's getting sketchy two or three times a lap, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> like we, Jordan and RJ are like pretty interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Like that's even back to the Geico <laughs> Honda days, because you're just like. Wow, man, they're right on that razor's edge. But then you see some of these newer kids that are more efficient, like this newer generation that's come up in the last three years mm-hmm. that they've they've taken away that I'm gonna just like flirt with disaster all the way, just bring it in just a little bit. And Thrasher's a good product of that. Uh, I I mean, yeah, I think as he keeps going into these next few seasons, like he's definitely gonna be a championship contender. And going into this weekend in Daytona, there's like five good guys that could go for the podium. You know, obviously him and Hunter. And Anstey, but then Vial should be good. You know, it's going to be different, but soft sand, more like a traditional motocross track. It's not bad to think about him. Uh, Jordan Smith is really, really good at Daytona. And then can Hayden just go really fast on a wide open track? Like, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of depth right there right now. Mm -hmm. And Nate (laughs) and Hunter are the two guys that are going to benefit the most unless Max gets a win soon. Mm -hmm. Hey, is the layout not the exact same as last year's? Daytona? It's like 95% the same. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Does that like help at all, Alex, or no? 
I would say no. Because it's going to break down differently. Probably, yeah, it's so. going gonna, gonna to break down differently. Um, I'm sure they'll make some tweaks to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, it might, yeah, but like, no, I think it's going to develop totally different than, okay. than last year. Daytona is the darkest track of the year, right? Yeah, you can't see shit there. Dude, I <laughs> wish it was still a day race. It was like different. It stood out. Yeah. So where do you guys think uh, Joe will figure in? When he comes back. And when is Shimoda supposed to come back? I don't know. I'm supposed to talk to him this week. But I just know he, he didn't get... I don't think he had surgery done. So it's taken longer. Because he's not riding here, right? No. Yeah. no I would I would have got surgery done. I would have had that thing freaking plated and screwed and freaking yeah. back on the bike ready to go, baby. Yeah, when he got hurt, I was saying that to Nick. And something about where it's broken, I think, was not mm-hmm. gotcha. conducive to that theory. It must have been like by the... Like closer to like the joint or something. Like yeah. down low or up high. I don't know. I think you put Joe right in the right in the podium though. Yeah. I, I think, think it's so. hard to hard to not, right? Maybe not ahead of Thrasher or Hunter, but I think he's that third guy. Mm-hmm. So if uh if Max Ansey didn't get collected in that crash with mm-hmm. with uh Lawrence, mm-hmm. would he have been on the podium overall? I don't he remember was, where me- I don't remember how far he made it up the field, honestly, that race. Well, I think he made it up to what seventh? No, yeah. fifth. He'd have been on the podium, uh, like three, four in those first ones, but then to get back up to ninth, I mean, that was a pretty big ding. Oh, okay. But it, to finish third, where Hunter finished, was only a three point difference. So, hmm. it it was pretty close throughout throughout that. There was, I mean, looking at the points right now, like three or four points that were splitting four guys for the last spot on the podium. Vial mm-hmm. was fourth though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like how uh, dissatisfied Anstey was in his Halloween weekend. <laughs> I like that. He didn't know the entertainment going on. Yeah. I like the <laughs> yeah, background. I like, yeah. <laughs> Dino freaking. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if after getting a second, you don't want to be pumped with a fifth. Yeah I, yeah. I guess you're right. I mean, dude, he's riding phenomenal this year. Like the way, I mean, I, I talked to him at the airport one morning. He's like, dude, I'm not doing anything different. I don't feel different. I don't feel like I'm going any faster. Like, I'm not, like, he's like, I honestly, before the season, I felt quite slow at the practice track. Like, nothing was really, like, standout-ish. You know, I'm not doing anything different, right? So, for him to come in with, with two podiums, I think it surprised him a lot. Um, but watching him ride, it just seems like he carries so much more momentum mm-hmm. everywhere. I don't know if that's like an MXGP background or if him just being older, but dude, he can rail the top of those berms, Anton. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny to watch the two fifty guys attack the track as it's getting broken in, especially in that right hand one eighty before the whoops this weekend. Cause they would triple that triple into the corner. They would upshift and then just rail it the whole way around. I stood there for like 10 minutes, just watching dudes hit it. There was a couple laps where they had the camera on Ansty through the whoops and he was, ripping through those things i think he passed like just full on reeled in hayden i believe it was and just scooted right by him before the Mm -hmm. next corner so uh, you have to wonder if like sorry don if like max just being chill now you know so much of his past career has been hopping from this to hopping to that to having to prove himself and I mean, I think he just knows, like, hey, I could be the guy in the 250 class. Like, I could do podium results all the time. Just go out and make it happen and have fun. It doesn't seem like it's a super pressure-filled situation for him. It just seems like he can just go ride. Mm-hmm. He's with that team next year, too, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So. 250 class next year. Yeah. No, he's probably locked into the. He said he loves the 250 class. He's locked <laughs> in forever with them, with the 250s. Hmm. So, uh, what do you guys think is going on with Moseman? He hasn't had a good performance yet this year. I, I think. I, I think, think he's it's fine, but he's just putting himself in shitty situations. He's getting tough starts, and whenever he does get a good start, he's washing the front end. I think this is the the downside of not going to the media or being open about some injuries and stuff. Because sure, he's he, maybe he's not injured right now, but that guy did not get a lot of days on the bike before the season started. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I think I got a text like three times in the preseason that he's oh Mosman's hurt, like. He 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 got hurt quite a bit and missed a lot of time in the preseason. And I don't think mm-hmm. they were very open about it. And so yeah, I just I don't think he's got a lot of time on that new bike at all. It's a completely different bike. Mm-hmm. He casually mentioned that he broke his neck in the off season. Yeah, dude, in like, his news break interview, and I'm just like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, that's not a big deal. But then he's had a lot of head injuries. Like he mm-hmm. when he Shoulders, falls, he just lawn darts yeah. just every time. I mean, at the 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 team shoot like the photos and stuff. Like he should not have been riding, and he he was like, no, I'll ride, I'll ride. And like there was one lap where he tried to do the whoops, and I think he had a shoulder injury at the time. And dude, it looked so painful. Like, mm. yeah, he just just late to the late to the game. I think I got you. Okay, that's a bummer because he knows how fast he could be, and this is an important year for Michael. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all eyes are on him, and he was expected to be a title contender, and he just knows it's not working. He just he knows he's going through this rough patch and trying to do what he can but um when we talked on friday it's not like he's in one of these situations where he's melting down he's just like yep it's what it is hmm. uh anton have you talked to vial much yeah that kid's very nice yeah what does he feel about his progress so far in supercross is he about where he wants to be or is he is he pissed because yeah. he's not doing better already no i think he's right where he wants to be if not a better than I think a lot of people around him expected. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to Pedro, his mechanic on Friday and just with the amount of time that they put in at the KTM track and the people that are around him, it's a lot of progression really quick for never doing supercross. You know, it, although there are a lot of French supercross races to do, he never did one. Mm-hmm. So just to jump right in on a factory bike and, and get to it is pretty good. And I think this week uh, he gets to experience the Alden Baker Daytona week prep with the sand track <laughs> and WP down there testing. So he'll really learn about that stuff. But I even told him when we got done doing the interview, like you're going to do all that stuff, but then you're going to get to the track on Saturday. And you're going to go right back to the setting you always have. And even the WP guys are like, yep, that's what's going to happen. So he's just figuring it out as it goes. I dude, I would not be surprised if he's like the dark horse for the outdoor title. And that sounds so stupid considering he's a, two-time world champion <laughs> yeah. yeah but just nobody's thinking about him right now because he's never been to these tracks but I mean, dude, if he can figure out supercross this fast he's gonna give a guy like hunter or levi kitchen or something some some headaches this summer for hell sure. even justin cooper yeah yeah hmm. yeah i keep dude, the forgetting cooper thing even i keep forgetting about that like he's gonna <laughs> go back down to a 250 yeah Avery, when you were there watching him ride on friday He's very good on a 450. Like yeah, he is very good. super efficient. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes and he's got good speed. Like I think this is everything you could ask for of a limited time. Go get your feet wet kind of deal. I mean, 
Yeah. I and mean, he's a lot he better was, than a lot of people thought he'd be. Yeah, he was a bit off um, on Saturday, like qualifying wise. But um, when you watch him ride, he just he knows how to ride a 450. He rides it super efficient. He doesn't abuse it. He doesn't abuse the clutch. He rides it in low RPM. Like he's just carry like he carries great momentum. He's just a good mm-hmm. rider, man. Like he he's very very good. Very like he his riding style I feel like suits a 450. I mean. Most guys are like, oh, dude, I ride a 450 better. Like, I ride a 450. That's what every 250 guy I feel like yeah. says. But, like, he's I feel like good. he's actually one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real neutral body position. Mm-hmm. And then he just floats the bike around everywhere. Like, he'll brake tap it, nose it in, do a whip. He doesn't look like he's – he's a little guy. Like, everybody knows that. And when you think of him riding a 450, you think he's just going to get manhandled by it. But he rides it so smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like – you're probably a better 250 rider. Yeah. <laughs> I can bring that thing's neck, baby. <laughs> I should be a 250 rider, but I, I, right now, the go off the gate, me, bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe next year. Yeah? Next year. Heck yeah, let's do <laughs> it. Let's do it. 250 <laughs> West, dude, it'd be easy. Oh. We'll see. We'll see, huh? how, we'll see how it goes. I bet all the same sponsors the lineup. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So your uh, your suspensions at Enzo right now? Mm-hmm. See how packed they are right now, dude. They're so packed. I'm probably not gonna get it back in time. <laughs> the, yeah, I went in there to drop off uh, Chase's stuff. Chase's stuff, and when I'm dropping it off, Ross goes, "Do you have a 450? We need to tinker with it." And I was like, mm, "Yeah, I can bring it in because we need it for a week." I guess he's going to make that chicken shit accessory that secondary shock reservoir. Oh, yeah? But then he's like, when 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 is your knucklehead son going to ride again? Yeah, we, <laughs> we need to tell him like, we need to tell him like the end of the week so I yeah. can get some outdoor stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I have a 450 you can ride. Yeah, I want to try, I want to, I want to try your bike actually. You got to try those yeah. brakes. I got to swap the pipe though. No, 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 no. I have another brand new one. Oh, oh that's right. This guy. Huh? Well, it's, about that. it's for someone, but I'm not going to say it in case he's listening. Oh, gosh. Does he listen? I doubt he listens. Yeah. No. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you can break that thing in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may, hopefully he doesn't listen because he might not be so happy. Well, <laughs> the thing about it is I have, I have that 22 there. Well, you oh. need to sell that thing. Well, I need to sell it, but like, I, I just need some out, like a basic outdoor setting the, to ride a little bit. And then maybe I could sell it after I have that. I just sell it with the outdoor stuff on there. Mm-hmm. You can ride a stock one. You're good. You're good for just dipping your toe back in the in the yeah, water. Yeah. You know how's I, that thumb? Let, let's see. The... Dude, look at the range of motion I have on this thing. Look at That's that. Great. Does it still hurt? It does. Just like right here on the inside, like it's like a weird feeling, dude. Like it's like numb, but it's not. It's kind of like a, like a nerve. Well, it's thing. probably numb from the cut, right? Yeah, I think so. But like I'm I'm trying to bend it and stuff. Like it doesn't hurt. It just is your thumb swollen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's swollen. Oh, that way it looks so stubby. It looks like a Vienna sausage. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And this is like the dominant thumb, too, for the... Mm. <laughs> Probably better now. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> so uh, this morning when we were uh, getting ready to leave the house, mm-hmm. I was talking to my wife, and we said something about you, and she's all... His his fiance's name is Samantha also, right? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, 
when are they getting married? I go, in November, we got the invitation. And it's like, I know you sent me an invitation. I remember opening it because mm-hmm. I remember I was like, oh, maybe I'll put it on the story. But then yeah. everyone else was doing it. I was like, eh. we can't find it. Well, I mean, th- that was just the save the date. Save the date? Yeah. Well, you need to give us another one because Eileen's all pissed that I didn't. It's she at 1110. She's all, we don't have it. We don't have it. I haven't seen it. And I'm all, we got it. I had it on the counter. Really. Ask Sam, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't deal with that stuff. I just ask her. Yeah. I feel like you handed stuff. it. You handed I handed it to you. Yeah. I brought yeah. it here and I gave it you, to yeah, you. Yeah, you left it on my desk. Yeah, at the yeah. old office. So either it's here no, or it's at your old office. No, I took it home. To the old office. It's in the house somewhere. But she says she hasn't seen it. Hmm. So I don't know. Hey, do you think they forgot to bring Hayden and Deegan's kit or you just wanted to wear the same gear from last weekend? It's kind of odd. Yeah. It's kind of odd that he I wasn't. thought it looked weird that he wasn't in the same red stuff. Yeah. Anton, when you go into the pits and you go buy Star Yamaha, it is a madhouse on Saturday. <laughs> Holy cow. So many freaking oh 10-year-old kids, little girls, freaking everyone just, like, even old people. Wait, what is it with Hayden Deegan? <laughs> like, dude, it's crazy how many fans that that dude has he brings out to every Supercross. I mean, the dude, he's, what, three? I mean, he was in opening ceremonies this weekend. Which uh, is badass. Yeah, I mean, was it this weekend, Anton, or last weekend? No, this weekend. Yeah, he was in opening That's ceremonies. Crazy. He has his own merch in the freaking, um, like, the filled deal. Like oh, to, really? Yeah, to buy oh, wow. at the races. Um, it's just, uh, dude, he's <laughs> he's crushing it right now, I feel like. Yeah. And he's doing it's something funny. cool for Road to Recovery as well, too. Like, he's auctioning off his, his dunks that he, he goes every week and buys a pair of shoes, like, badass shoes, and he wears them on track walk, and then he auctions them off for no way. Road no way. to Recovery. Yeah. <laughs> he does it on that MX Locker. That's pretty sick. Yeah, That's I was cool. watching his log this morning. That's why I did that. <laughs> I'm a fan, too. It's funny, it's funny to watch Hudson run around the pits afterwards because I think that kid collected, like, every Pro 450 racer jersey from the main event mm-hmm. Saturday night, oh. just ripping on his little electric racer scooter. And everybody knows him, and, like, he knows everybody. Like, he was there talking to the Hill Brothers. He's like, oh, yeah, you came to my house on such and such, and you were riding this bike and this and this and this. And then he just talks trash to all of them. Nice. Like... Uh, it's funny to see the dynamic that they have because dude, everybody wants to congratulate Brian on Hayden turning pro. Like everybody mm-hmm. does. Brian can't go out of the truck without somebody just wanting to tell them how stoked they are that him and his kids are going racing like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to a race point, man, it is a zoo over there all the time. Yeah. It's a zoo. And then it's also a zoo cause there's 45 guys. Dude. Every 45 year old guy is pissed off at freaking, uh, Hudson. What's his name? Who? Which one? The younger one. Forgetting all those jerseys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, if I had a dollar for every DM I have, hey, man, could I get a jersey for my man cave? (laughs) Like, I'm sure, like, (laughs) dude, this is funny. Nice. All right. uh, We're going to wrap this week's show up. Uh, Everyone, thank you for listening or watching the Pro Taper Kickstart podcast. Bye, merch. We'll talk to you next week. AlexRay.co. See you later. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 1/8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.